This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Video Junkyard. Uh, I tonight I am the moderator. I am I am Ryan, followed by my beautiful, gorgeous men in the corner. I don't know how I. <laughs> Sorry, I that one felt weird. <laughs> no, keep going. Let, keep going. I'll let keep... you finish it. I'll be a gentleman. <laughs> and uh, in the other know... corner, it's Eric and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know who you were introducing, but we're here too. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I tell you what. I've never. <laughs> you didn't know I could do that. Uh, I I knew that. I knew that. I I knew that you're kind of Hank Hillish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Speaking of hills, today on the video junkyard, we're actually <laughs> reviewing a movie that Joe has not seen. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop, starring uh the you might know him as Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is a Detroit cop. On vacation in Beverly Hills. You know, I got a hand to you guys. If anything, you are extremely polite. I don't know what you teach these fellows, but they're not just regular cops. Police! You're all under arrest! They're super cops. You do that again, I'll shoot you myself. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop. Rated R. That's right. This was a first viewing for me, which was kind of strange. I mean, it's... Wow. Yeah, never saw this one before. It's one that's... Always just kind of slipped through the cracks. Interesting, because it's one that I saw. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're talking about that. In a we're jump to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, for those who haven't seen it, who is now not Joe? Congratulations, yeah. Joe. Yeah, thank you. Yay! You get the lone lone applause uh, in your corner. Uh, <laughs> so, if for those who don't know, Beverly Hills Cop stars Eddie Murphy uh, as Axel Foley who is a Detroit police officer whose friend visits him from Beverly Hills um, and kind of comes across this kind of German bear bond situation in his, in, in, in his employment. And as a result, he gets killed off. Well, this sends Axel Foley to Beverly Hills to investigate why on earth did his friend get killed. And, you know, it's a, it's a traditional, you have a comedian playing a cop. So there's a combination of, you know, great witty comedy uh, combined with you know detective drama that's that's pretty much it and they made yeah. three films out of this and they're probably going to make a fourth one maybe yeah i actually heard that got the green light so is it going to be a film or is it going to be a netflix series there was um, talks sure. of shows okay. there in the past and but from what i last saw that they're they're working on four like i don't know so okay yeah with eddie murphy right because originally yeah, there was going to be yeah. a remake tv show with somebody else taking the role but i think this new one, Beverly Hills Cop 4, is a direct sequel with with Eddie Murphy. So That's a possibility. But anyways, so uh, go, moving. Like, so what about you guys? What, like, knowing Joe, and we'll get back to Joe, but what was your first introduction to this series, Eric? Um, Mine was, and I see on your outline you have written Cable, and that's exactly what my, my first introduction was, is I saw this movie on, I don't know, TNT or something, you know, growing up. Um, 
and it's always been one that like I don't know what first draw me to. I guess I guess got to start with my being pretty familiar with Saturday Night Live and even kind of vintage Saturday Night Live stuff growing up. It was something I got into uh, watching the current show and then got into like my my dad was a big fan of like the original cast of Saturday Night Live, so he started you know renting videos or whatever, showing me older Saturday Night Live stuff, and uh, somehow I came across you know the best of Eddie Murphy Saturday Night Live VHS tape, and then became quite a fan of Eddie Murphy as a comedian through that. And so I think that's what led me to like record this movie on cable off of TNT. And it was one that was always, even, even as a kid, I was fairly surprised by how much I liked it or how good of a movie it was. And I think that's kind of everybody, including critical you know, reaction to it at the time is kind of, kind of was the same. Everybody was surprised. This was a, you know, a big hit, I think. But yeah, I definitely saw it on cable. Definitely fast forwarded through commercials, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, well, for me, it was like when growing up, I saw it on TV. So, but it was before DVR and fast forward and through commercials. Uh, and oh, I, yeah, I definitely saw it out of order because I think I'm realize, positive Brian. the first one was Beverly Hills Cop 3, where they're like in that theme park. That's the first one I actually probably saw as a kid and liked the most. Oh, yeah. Uh, to be honest, like I realized after watching this one, like, oh, I never actually completely watched the first movie because there were a lot of bits. I'm like, oh, I don't remember any of this so this was kind of a half and half for me as a first viewing uh i have to say which is funny because i'm the one who said let's watch this but to be fair i did that because joe said yeah i've never seen it i'm like okay well adding it to the fucking queue um so joe how the hell what rock were you under (laughs) um you know it's i think for me and this has been my excuse for a lot of movies that i haven't seen or that the first time viewing them is here on the show and that's that um I must have missed this when it was on cable. Um, And our video store in our hometown had this uncanny characteristic (laughs) where they had the sequels to everything, but not the originals. (laughs) So I remember they had Beverly Hills Cop 2 or 3, and it was like, oh, I've heard those are good, but, you know, I probably should see the first one first. And this has always been my approach to things. I I don't (laughs) usually watch things out of order. Um, Because the few times I have, I've been really fucking lost. So... I just never saw it, and then it kind of just, you know, when it when it was being talked about more in the 80s and 90s, that's the situation. And then you go later on, and nobody talks about Beverly Hills Cop anymore, so I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, right. Now that I've seen this, though, yeah, I, I want to go check out the sequels. I've actually heard that the second one is the best one, but that's just what I've heard. Well, maybe, maybe we'll do that down the line. We'll just keep going with this. That depends if the viewers like it. And if they don't, we're probably still going to fucking do it anyways. Because time is money and we don't make a lot of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, what about, what, what, what was your, how would you feel about the casting characters, Joe? Um, so I get like, you know, I didn't grow up entirely under Rock because I knew that he played a cop named Axel Foley. I knew that. I mean, I knew that, the, I knew the theme music and all that. Um, <clears throat> Dude, I thought it missed was... that one growing up when we grew up. <laughs> yeah, I I think um, I think he's really good in this. Uh, you can definitely tell it's early career Eddie Murphy. Um, it, it it reminded me just the the way he is in this versus the way he is in stuff later in life, uh, the way he is now in films, uh, just how different it is. I always think of Tom Hanks, which is you know he started out doing kind of slapstick comedy and then transitioned mm-hmm. to these really power powerful dramas. And I don't know if Eddie Murphy's gone there, but he does very different kinds of movies now. This one was a little edgier. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was it was a fun character. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, I think I had to be careful, though, because I, there was so much hype. 
I think that I had given myself um, that I didn't want to judge it based on a, an unrealistic hype not being let up. So I just kind of sat back and yeah, it's it's a great character. Uh, it really works actually. The you know kind of fish out of water story. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Eric? <laughs> um, no, I like again. I'm going to echo a lot of that, but I think um, Eddie Murphy's great in this movie. I think it's again, and we were talking a little bit last week, or um, yeah, last week about you know Bruce Willis being in in, in Death Becomes Her is in a kind of different role, um, and this is not necessarily a different role for Eddie Murphy. He's very much doing an Eddie, you know, something that's in Eddie Murphy's comfort zone, especially at this point in his career. But I think it's hard to remember in like the post Nutty Professor like Doolittle Eddie Murphy world. Um, how good he was in stuff like this like and how just his character not only is he funny but his character axel foley is um really compelling in this and i think he, like joe said it's kind of a fish out of water story you drop a detroit you know cop in uh into beverly hills among all these rich and um you know movie stars fancy cars um and he just really is this like great kind of everyman character and just kind of gets into the situation where he's kind of fighting this, you know, elite crime boss. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, he's, uh, he's really fantastic. In it. And it, I think it, but that's really my point is like, I think we can kind of forget how, um, how great he was. And he really carries this movie. I, if you look back into kind of, um, the history of Beverly Hills cop and the couple of other casting choices they, they were going to make early on, uh, it was produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, who were known mainly for action films, obviously. And, um, you, you kind of think of what it might've been like and realize how important Eddie Murphy was to this being a really good movie. Well, I think it also is important to, to point out that this is what a lot of early, Eddie Murphy movies were were the fish out of water stories. Yeah, well, Forty Eight Hours is even before this, but you know, yeah. but that one, this Coming to America, even Trading Places, <laughs> all of those are fish out of water, and he plays those characters so great. You know, it's the, he's surrounded by this very different world that he's used to, or more, he's in a, a he's from a world that everybody else isn't used to because it's mostly about how people are reacting to him. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I kind of picked up on, on that. It took me this movie to realize, you know, Eddie Murphy in his early part of his career did a lot of the same kind of general theme, but I think it's because he really handled that role well, you know? Yeah, I mean, kind being of a keep... young, super rising star, maybe he felt that personally a little bit and yeah. was able to translate it into characters. Because so. the whole... Cause I think he got super famous super fast, like... <laughs> oh, well, then with his stand-up with Eddie Murphy Raw, yeah. that became huge. But... but just, did we catch the, did everyone catch the jacket joke? In yeah. Hills Club, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the notes. Yeah. That um, was nice. That was nice. <laughs> but I, I agree with you guys. Like, and that's the thing with Eddie Murphy. Uh, you definitely see it uh, in Beverly Hills Cop. Like, like you mentioned the fish out of water, and like you mentioned the uh, coming to America and stuff. But the thing with his character, especially with this one, is that he is the fish out of water, but it's kind of subverse, like you said, where you have everyone else react to him. He just gonna keep he's he just keeps being himself and just like like everyone else is actually kind of alien. <laughs> Even well, though he's in the think, alien world. Yeah. That's what's so and I think that's, that's so what's grounded and great about his character. But I think and I, I think that's you know, Eric, you mentioned perhaps you know, rising so fast, if that's something because I feel like that's a common thing in, in all of his fish out of water movies. And that's not a criticism. I think he, he handles that real well. Even in trading places, he's still being cool. You know, well, he's, he's, his characters, whether it's Axel Foley or, or any of his characters, are very much, you know, okay, I'm in a place, I know that I'm not really welcome here, but I'm just going to smile and nod and just 
keep it easy and everybody else is kind of doing the the really funny gags he's more messing with them and stuff well um, that's what it is is like he yeah. he like the, i think because of that whole fish out of water situation god i'm gonna get sick of using that phrase so many fucking times <laughs> um where you have like he, like typically like they're tr- the, those type of characters are treated as like oh you're ignorant and aren't unaware of our customs but he does have that like I'm not that ignorant, but I'll play that to fuck with you. And right. that's so, Foley like, he's just this... fucking with everybody the whole time. Yeah, Axel <laughs> so... Foley is, is Sherlock Holmes in this goddamn movie. And, and I don't really mean oh, that like, yeah. literally, but like he is the smartest guy in the room. And he's fucking with people, but the whole time he's manipulating, he's controlling the situation, and he's conducting an investigation while all these other people think he's just a clown. And they've under, I mean, it's, it's all about underestimating him, right? Because he's, right. yeah, he, he's, he's young, he's black, he's from Detroit, he's, um, you know, a fish out of water, and uh, yeah, he's in this like un- you know environment that he's so so everybody's underestimating him constantly, and he uses that to his advantage to you know conduct his investigation. Essentially, it is a little bit of a revenge plot more than the yeah mystery, it is. But... If this was an actual cop, I'd be quite scared um, mm-hmm. of how unprofessional of a cop he is and how much he actually does break the rules. So there's some. There's some things with that. But let's talk about uh, other characters. Mainly, I just want to talk about Detective Bill Rosewood, played by Judge uh, Reinhold. Oh, yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah, that was... He he kind of steals every scene, which is great. Just in his kind of derpiness. Yeah, (laughs) like in a very subtle, nerdy way. He's very endearing, even though derpy is definitely the right word. But like... (laughs) Well, and you know, think, so I've, <laughs> he was also in things like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where he plays yeah. kind of a douchebag, right? Actually, he plays a douchebag, and in Gremlins, he plays a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he's not. He's just kind of like, all right, cool. You know, he's kind of an idiot, but it's very endearing. So it was kind of nice to see him as a a comedic role, but more in a positive light rather than kind of you know a, a, a pseudo, not really villain, but just kind of an asshole. Right. Uh, definitely a baby-faced rookie type. Yet surprisingly really good at being a cop. <laughs> but really good at being when a cop. When it comes down to it. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I like that how Taggart and Rosewood actually end up being... I, I think you're skeptical about them at first, uh, but they actually do end up being, like, kind of the good guys in that in that precinct or in that department. They end up being, you know, the buddies. And they'll, they'll take that further in the sequel, too. Um, but yeah, they Once they like, start to, like, really believe Axel and follow him and they he makes them better cops he reminds yep. them like hey you're fucking cops man like yeah yeah and, and, and everybody actually i think it's actually interesting towards the end everybody actually ends up coming around and doing the right thing except for you know uh, the bad guys so it's a very right. like um you know good old-fashioned kind of all the cops are actually good guys they just need to be reminded by like you said reminded by this outsider of you know how to effectively do the job or how to really be a good cop well and i i think it's it it struck me too that it wasn't just like oh they're just bad cops it's that it's beverly hills they don't have to do anything yeah because there isn't this violent crime that they pay attention to like even axel makes the comment like this is the cleanest squad car i've ever been in (laughs) and they of course think because he's been arrested a lot and it's like no because i i travel in squad cars this was because nobody's ever back there well, he never he does he doesn't mention that he's a cop when he's right, arrested. Right. And you're like, why don't you mention that? Because I don't have to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, plus he was trying to kind of be low profile because he knew he, he, was, he right, wasn't yeah. supposed to be there. But yeah, yeah I, I kind of liked that even in, in the '80s here. They're pointing out that some neighborhoods don't, you know, they they have cops that are out of touch with with reality. 
because mm-hmm. they don't happen to see it, they don't think it exists. So, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's another point I wanted to mention here. Um, it's it's this movie's commentary on the world of wealth and glamour that you see in Beverly Hills through the eyes of Axel's Detroit blue-collar cop personality. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you really, for us common folk, um, we we see it through Axel. We understand it. Like, we, we are with Axel as an audience. Like, not just he is this alien in the new world we are we are he is our avatar as the audience who's just like yeah beverly hills is the fucking weird place like the only person who makes sense is axel i don't know what do you guys think about that commentary oh i think it's actually done really well in this and like i i I touched briefly on it earlier but i think axel foley is such a great kind of everyman character and yeah he, he does he carries us into this world and and just his presence and his attitude um which is very you know big city or i guess i suppose you could call it midwestern uh, a bit being from detroit but um brings just kind of points out the kind of alien nature of everything uh, you know in beverly hills not only is it the west coast but it's like the rich and well-to-do west coast so um everything from the way that he deals with um scamming a hotel room by um, you know basically b- <laughs> I don't want to call it playing the race card, but like he's, he's very calculated in the way that he gets a reaction out of people in Beverly Hills because he knows how to ruffle their feathers a little bit. And he knows that, you know, being being loud and complaining and saying something, um, you know, he, know, he knows how he knows how to uh, manipulate the systems beca- uh, right. because of their ridiculousness. Yeah. And it's so I, I think you're, you're right. He is our our eyes and um, ears in this kind of alien world of. Well, I don't know, the rich, <laughs> the rich and yeah. powerful um, of Beverly Hills. So something that obviously all of us, you know, being, you know, Midwestern mm-hmm. guys are, aren't familiar with. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's also something to, to be said of him being an African-American, young African-American male from Detroit, you know, inner city kind of crime um, ridden, but also being a police officer. So so. I mean, like we touched on earlier a little bit, is like that's just it's built so everyone's going to underestimate him from the get go. You know, they're right away they assume he's a criminal, right? Because he, you know, walks in and they're like, oh wait, you're a cop. Why didn't you tell us you're a cop? And yeah, and so, um, yeah, yeah, no, he's he's. I think that in itself, and and we we're talking about like the commentary on the wealth and glamour, but it is just the two the two separate worlds that people live in and um, the things that people value. Um, differently yeah. in both these he, locales he doesn't care about their his opinions of the people's opinions of him uh he just he actually uses those to to exploit them mm-hmm. it's just like well fuck it i'm this like this gives me the power to move through this to do what i need to do i don't need to prove otherwise to you um and moves on i don't know joe what, what were your impressions um, like this you're the first viewer it, it, it struck me because I, I i clearly picked up on what they were going for with the the commentary i think that's kind of the major one of the major plot elements is the commentary about you know blue collar detroit cops you know kind of ridiculous how noticing how ridiculous beverly hills is um and i don't i don't fault the film for this but god if this movie were made for the first time today uh (laughs) i think it would be more striking because the whole time i was sitting back watching going yeah beverly hills was kind of weird in the 80s i mean shit now would be fucking insane you know this the the difference (laughs) would be you know it's a mile wider um but I, uh, I I got what they were going for. The imagery for the time was appropriate. I think today that's one of the. I think that was one of the few things I noted that it, it put down in my notes. That's the only thing that really feels really dated about this, 
is the way they're trying to portray the ritziness of Beverly Hills. Because to them, by today's standards, it still looks kind of trashy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it definitely it, feels like a salon that's like thirty years out of date. Yeah, it, yeah. it was kind of like, oh well, if I walked, this is what Detroit looks like now. Um, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> But no, I got what they were going for, and I think it's a powerful message. Um, but it's not a unique message, but it's a it's a powerful one nonetheless, and it's a very unique way of showing it. Um, you know, showing disparity between rich and poor is not a new thing in movies, especially in comedies, and you know the the kind of awkwardness that comes from two characters from different areas meeting, and I don't know your yeah. customs kind of a thing. That's that's old, but this way of doing it, um, and I think it. It's a bit prophetic in the way that, God, if you did a movie today about an inner city black cop that goes to a upper class white neighborhood, um, God, I mean, well, they, they, that, that's how either really great comedies or horror films are made, right? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, Get Out. Like, Get Out, um, you know? Yeah, because yeah. Get Out <laughs> is the same thing. Of. It subverts, but it uses a different... Um, it uses a different form of racism, which is the the more. Well, yeah. I can only all I can do is quote the guy who says like, "Oh, I would have voted for Obama three times." Like that kind yeah, of like, that... where you don't treat people. I don't know. Yeah, the, I, I I'm not racist because one of my friends is black. Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that, which that movie explores like what's more common nowadays is this like well like that I, I, awkward I a... over abundance of proof that you're not racist i'm like you don't have to prove it but now i'm suspicious well beverly hills cop <laughs> exists in this really unique little time capsule where um because of when it was made and because it does have a slightly dated feel to its style and some of the imagery it kind of gets the the pass um because i think today if you tried to and i will see how it is done i mean i it's going to be hard for them to do a beverly hills cop 4 in 2020 or 2021 and not bring up uh, you know, like Black Lives Matter. Yeah, or at least you know police brutality and um, yeah, a lot of the well, because I mean, even police brutality is kind of mentioned in this a little bit because that was something that went back. You know, a lot of the '80s movies with Eddie Murphy they mentioned police brutality, but no, oh, sure, you know, yeah. but specifically, you know, like the shooting of teenagers, <laughs> unarmed yeah. black kids. Really, um, where I was going with that, yeah, yeah. That I'm curious to see how they're going to handle that and how political it's going to get. For better or, or worse, not they even might. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I think you'd it'd be. I think it would. They'd yeah. be called out for not doing it, and right. somebody's going to call them out for doing it. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Um, yeah. So this one is, uh, you know, like I said, it's there's almost a, a, a bit of a look of things to come with this. So, yeah, um, I think I think there's some some really deep commentary to to get pulled out of this. Well, you, you mentioned like the '80s uh, part of it, uh, and I would say like th this movie, this movie is iconic '80s cinema. Uh, like it has a huge legacy, um, but it is very '80s. Um, I don't know what 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 else do you guys? Because you guys actually went <laughs> through the '80s. What do you think? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was literally I was, born at the end of it, and I was a pretty little kid throughout most of it. Most of my memories are are '90s centric, but um, I do remember, and I will tell you the music in this film is is iconic in a lot of ways because i remember my father actually and he, he he did this quite often with movies he enjoyed would go out and buy the, the set the soundtrack to them um and i remember him having this cassette tape of the beverly hills cop soundtrack it kind of always sat in the in the holder next to his footloose soundtrack and his ghostbusters soundtrack and like all these other you know kind of 80s um 
iconic film soundtracks and this is one so i was very familiar with all of the music in this film um and some of it i kind of forgot that i was that familiar with but watching it it was kind of like oh yeah i remember every one of these songs um i mean and and, and some just the the theme music axel f is is you know iconic 80s music um it's got uh, you know glenn fry's song the heat is on mm-hmm. the h is o the h and, is uh, o <laughs> and uh yeah, I don't know the the new attitude by Patti LaBelle, uh, Neutron Day. I just things I remember hearing a hundred times when I was a little kid, and probably because my dad had the tape. But mm-hmm. um, so that yeah, that is definitely iconic. Um, Eddie Murphy is just '80s iconic, right? I think that just him as a, as a young man and his his you know meteoric rise to stardom, uh, you know, just prior to and with the release of this film. Um, yeah. I think he he himself is a bit of a time capsule there because Eddie Murphy now, as we said earlier, is a very different kind of film star than he was you know in 1984 when this was made so um well i mean i haven't seen the dolomite the dolomite what is it sorry the dynamite dolomite Dolomite. 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 i've seen it yeah it's great uh it i wonder because i'm like so joe you is is it what what eddie murphy are we getting in that new show that movie you're getting oh it's a movie it's a movie it's a netflix movie and um Really, it's you're you're not getting Eddie Murphy, you're getting Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah. He emulates okay. Rudy Ray Moore from the original Dolomite in that very very well. Um, you this it, that's it's funny, but really it's a it's a true story about how that movie got made. Um, and yeah, the entire cast is great. Wesley Snipes is great in it. Um, yeah, I highly recommend. Well, first of all, I highly recommend the movie Dolomite, but. I also recommend, you know, I am Dolomite with Eddie Murphy, which is just kind of about how it was made. Because it was kind of a, uh, it's a really interesting story. Rudy Ray Moore's career was very interesting. Um, you know, kind of bringing up these old jive poems, almost like early rap. Um, and then trying to do a stand-up career with that, and then making this movie about pimps and hoes and kung fu <laughs> and bad cops. I mean, it's great. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, but it's it's really Eddie Murphy playing a a real person. It's kind of cool. Okay. It's something I haven't seen him do a lot. But you know, even later on in his in Eddie Murphy's career, I'd say even in the '90s, he started throwing some curveballs. I know I said before, like he doesn't do like the Tom Hanks deep emotional movies. There's one that I can think of that he's done, and it was kind of disguised as a comedy, and that's the movie Life with Martin Lawrence. Yeah, that one hits heavy. It does. It starts out it's it's a comedy, and then it quickly doesn't stay one and and it it it's a lump in your throat at the end you know um so yeah i think he can he can emote when he wants to. he's a great actor he's a great entertainer a great performer mm-hmm. he, I, i've always loved to stand up and um even his his brief flirtation with the musical career was <laughs> amusing yeah that that's 80s iconic too there so. <laughs> yeah you, you got to try to have the the r&b single but yeah. i don't know this it, it i will say time. One thing that Beverly Hills Cop does fall into, um, for me, is is that there were so many cop comedies in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dark cop comedies. And this is one of the better ones, for sure, but it, it's still part of a, just this phase, you know, where we had 48 Hours, we had this, we had Midnight Run, you know, all these, you know, police all these films. But then later on, in like in the nineties, like with Ace Ventura, it kind of gets a little bit more on the serious. I'm more on the silly than and less on the serious. Yeah, well, 
God, it's almost like there was also the the brief sub cop drama or cop comedy films. There was the cop, the buddy cop with the dog movies like Canine, Turner <laughs> and Hooch. You know, like you get those then too. So yeah, I was too busy watching the truckers with gorillas. Just, I mean, uh, I was going to say any which way but loose is in. <laughs> Does yeah, that count? those two and. <laughs> Turner, At least was, that, was, yeah. that was just two movies then they were as a direct sequel like did we yeah, have a yeah. lot of gorilla well bj and the bear that was a whole show <laughs> yeah i stand corrected <laughs> yeah that was that was my little side joke but i'm bum yeah. um but yeah no uh that that was something too is like thoughts on comedian cop genre genres it it's an interesting thing <laughs> because you had uh you have like those fast quick wit uh, kind of com- like with with Axel, he's just so great with his with his side remarks. <laughs> does Eddie Murphy just does his amazing job? But then the next moment you got like, oh shit, somebody's actually like a shot to death. <laughs> it's like, but you always know there's that turn when it's like you're watching a comedy through most of it, but there's always like that one sound effect that reminds you that this is also supposed to be a uh, like a a cop d- drama. Yeah. And it's this that, is an, also wow, an action movie, yeah. Yeah, and so is that wah, 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 wah. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> so it's, but, um, yeah, that's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Shit's happening. There's drugs and death and other things. Um, but then it quickly gets back to the comedy. It doesn't let you, like, really sit on that. Yeah. Well, and for a comedy, I don't know. I'm not sure I would even, this is certainly a comedy per se, but it's, it's also an action movie. So it, it's one of those that, nicely blends those two things together because Axel Foley as a character surely is funny a lot of his one-liners and quips and the way he messes with people is definitely entertaining and it's kind of the thing that that is the most memorable about the film but it certainly is still a cop movie and has some you know 80s action tropes and and certainly has some seriousness to it that some of the like I just like jokingly mentioned Police Academy but that's a movie that is has some of these same has some things in common with something like Beverly Hills Cop but certainly stays on the comedy side of things where this actually does cross into drama and you know an actual um, cop movie and it, it's got it's got stakes is what you know it, what it is like you said people do die and there is you know some real danger going on in, in this and but doesn't mean it's not funny it surely is oh absolutely but yeah, I think it's a good plan. Well, how about we talk about our final thoughts and then maybe a grade? How about that? We'll start with uh, Joe. You know what? You're the first. You're the first one. You, this is your first view. You go. You start it off. Um. So yeah, I I tried like I said before. I really tried to balance this with like okay, yes, this is classic film, uh, but I've never seen it, so I'm trying to keep the hype out of the you know the, the grading so to speak and you know like expectations. I'm actually going to give it like a solid B. Um. It was funny. There's there's some great gags and great lines in it, and Eddie the, the cast is is great. Um, it's an iconic soundtrack, but it it does it, it just kind of still blends in a little bit too much um, to all the other '80s cop movies, um, cop comedies for for me to give it a super high grade. But that's really nothing against it. It's just kind of the circumstances of what else it's kind of surrounded with. Um, but yeah, for the movie on its own, I'll give it a solid B. It was it was enjoyable. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the sequels because I actually heard that those are even better. So, I mean, that's that's fair. Uh, it's and, and it's interesting to hear your views on it because you have now you have seen it so late, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like okay. Yeah, I don't have any growing this... up stuff to push on me other than like that was a thing that people talked about. But yeah, right. I give it I give it a solid B. Nothing All against right, cool. it. What about you, Eric? Um. Like a lot of things that we review on the Video Junkyard Podcast, this is one I saw a bunch of times growing up, and 
then I didn't for the longest time. And honestly, this one has been yet another. This is two in a row, so we're doing good here. But this one that aged really well for me, like better than I expected, honestly. I knew I liked this movie, but it was much even more enjoyable than I kind of thought it was going to be revisiting it. I actually think this is a solidly very good movie. Um, it's probably better than it ever should have been, even based on its screenplay, even based on, you know, um, even in 1984, I think this movie was better than it should have been, and it was elevated by, you know, a good cast and just things that kind of came together and um, made it into a classic. And I, I'd be willing to say that this is a classic 80s movie. This is kind of quintessential 80s. It's one of those that needs to be on the, you know, if you're going to watch 10 movies made in the 1980s, this one probably should be on there. Um, I actually think I like it more than I did when I was a kid. The pace of the movie... Um, you know, maybe wasn't great for, you know, kids or teens. I think it works better for me now. I, 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 I got more of the humor. I was more into the character. I got kind of, I, I think I understood a little more of what the movie was trying to say. Eddie Murphy's totally worthy of, you know, his superstar status at this point. Like, he carries this movie, essentially. He's great. Um, yeah, I, I'm rambling on here just saying a lot of things. But, yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Music's great. I think I would go with the... I have two grades down. I was going to decide after we talked it out. But I'm going to go with the A- minus on this one. I like it a lot, and it, I think it aged well. I actually, Eric, it's pretty much the exact same for me. Like, like I said prior, like I didn't realize that this is—I didn't actually see the first movie entirely as much as I thought I did, and revisited it. And I, I agree. It's like, wow, I really enjoy this. And Joe's right. There's a lot of like just kind of classic cop, uh, comedy, uh, genre starting things, or just class. Like, it's just—it's kind of like okay, you see this a lot, but you know. And I'm like, that kind of like, maybe that put me in the B range, but but just, just goddamn Axel Foley as a character, like, and Eddie Murphy as an actor is just so great that it definitely um, shot it back up. And it's like, I agree with you. This, this is a movie that if you're going to watch any kind of classic 80 cinema, this is an essential movie for that. If you're going to watch any kind of like cop comedy movies it's that if you're gonna watch any eddie murphy performances it's definitely that i mean the guy turned down ghostbusters to do beverly hills cop and it's like okay that made sense uh yeah. i give it an a minus as well so and i i agree i think it's 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 something i like if it comes on again i'm definitely gonna watch it yeah it's getting that minus for me just because I, I agree with joe that it, it there's a, so many cop movies in the 80s and this falls into some of those pitfalls but yeah yeah it's but you know hey that's that's how the cookie crumbles but um so yeah i i'm glad that we were able to do this i'm yeah. glad that you guys out there uh are listening to the podcast if you're not well this is awkward <laughs> yeah. but if it doesn't have in here what the hell why did you skip to the end of the show no. <laughs> you just want to hear the grade review well fine that's fair we're still count the review um but that being said uh your click still counts on our stats thank you <laughs> that's right as Thanks. we rub our hands mal- <laughs> maliciously um, or maniacally but yeah anyways so we've been the video junkyard podcast uh we we appreciate everything you guys do if you have any comments witticisms or criticisms sorry joe i stole your line ah you bastard <laughs> you say it so much um please drop us a line on on facebook on instagram uh well, you guys can take the rest of that one. Fuck it. You can send us a tweet at Video Junk Pod. You can also email us at the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. See, and... I, I let you have that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I was drowning out there. Okay, Here we sorry. go to the podcast. We got Kingdom of Spiders, Demolition Man, Velocipaster. We're going to look at the Netflix series, Living With Yourself, uh, The Quiet Earth, Ace Ventura, and on and on and on. Um, lots of great stuff coming up in 2020. I hope you guys will tune in and join us for those um, on the Video Junkyard podcast.
I want to thank you all for listening. Yeah, and if you guys want us to continue with Beverly Hills Cop 2 and 3, I mean, fuck, Joe needs to see these. I Why do. not? Might um, as well. I'll be down. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> fuck it. When you're in Beverly Hills, fuck shit up. Do Anyways. as they do in Beverly Hills. So, <laughs> We want to thank you all for tuning in. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric O'Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskel saying, hit that funky track. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter, at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram, as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>